Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. This last year has been pretty much sermons as I've been in a quiet season. And uh, the Holy Spirit nudges on my heart in the middle of my day and all different times of day because he leads my life. We worship the Holy Trinity in our household, Father of all of us, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I share music with you. It just depends on whatever He tells me to share with you. And uh, I was worshiping, doing my praise dance this morning, and He said, uh, I want you to get on your phone, and I want you to speak on this topic and do nothing else today. You can call those companies that you just got the voicemails for yesterday for job opportunities. But don't waste your energy on businesses. I've got a bigger assignment for you. Do you trust me? I said, yes, Father, of course I trust you. He said, I told you. You're going to be a missionary for the next five years. And then he whispered to me, topic, love cures all. So without pre any, I don't pre-plan these. It's whatever comes out, comes out. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this platform to spread your love around the whole earth to those that most need it. Father, I pray for those listening their family and their friends, that they might be blessed if they are sick, that you would heal them through my words. If they are financially stressed, that you would open the floodgates of heaven, for you are the source of all finances. Father, if they've lost a loved one, may you bring angels of comfort to provide them proper mourning, in a space to grieve. Father, if they have a new child or a new marriage, let you bless their new transitions in life. Give them proper sleep. Send them friends to help them so they can have date night and watching their kids, people that they trust. Father, I thank you and I praise you. In your heavenly name, amen. Love from the Father cures all. His Son came down to the earth to show us that. Jesus only lived to be about 36 years old. And uh, he didn't have a lot of money himself. The Father gave him his daily bread, whatever he needed. He was never worried about anything. People provided him housing, shelter, food, because he was healing the sick. He was bringing sight to the blind. He was raising the dead. He was forgiving people of their transgressions. He forgave a prostitute. She was weeping at his feet and drying, drying his feet with her hair from the tears because she was in such a bad economy where she lived 
and people were stealing from the poor in the church, and they were profiting through their government connections. They were charging extra taxes, charging extra fees to change the coins of the currency of that time. And he knew it because he is a part of the Father. They are three in one. And he can read the minds of us. And he can read our hearts. And he knew that she was a prostitute because that was the only opportunity she had in the land to pay the taxes in order to not go to jail or prison. I bring you the truth on this show. That is what they're trying to turn America into. It has been happening for a long time. I've been in... Oh, I've been in a very challenging competition for the last three years. I found out about it in October of 2020 from a wolf in sheep's clothing that had conned her way onto my team over the course of a year. Uh, my uh, warriors of light believed that she was from the Illuminati, that she was sent on purpose, and there was many people involved. Uh, the Holy Spirit reveals numbers to me, very specific numbers, 18,250 men and five Women were involved in the slandering of my name, and they were paid lots and lots of money to do it. Because when you have a first-in-history assignment, first-in-history title, everybody wants the title, but nobody wants to work. So the rich will do what they do best, and that is steal from the poor. Those that don't have the Father in them, living and breathing in them, where they are the temple for the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. I've had to experience multiple death threats. I've had to change addresses because they would either purchase the home that I was living in, give people a very big offer, and then I would have to change addresses, or they just threatened people to kick me out, or life, right? There's a lot of people selling their houses, buying houses, whatever. I got married last year to my hero who protected me in 2020. He never said who he worked for. But I know the man who sent me to him was the top security man for Biden's Blackwater. He was the president of their defunded organization. But they're not defunded. They lie to you. You can't trust the government. You can trust the father, though. He got to meet this wolf in sheep's clothing at a therapy experience that I created out of nothing. Because the Holy Spirit births ideas through me. And no one was having any sort of events in 2020. Everything was shut down. And I knew the power of our social interactions helps people with depression. And I desired to connect with people. But I also was trying to follow the laws and stay isolated away from people. So I created an online experience. And I tested it out the first time we did it for free to see if there would be interest in it. And we had three continents, three different continents of time zones show up for me. Including the number one actress from the Netflix TV show series of 2019 from Europe. Including my interns that I had just started an internship through university partnerships out of India. India and I had um, 
there was a gal that was in college in the UK as well. I had a couple others uh, that it wasn't a good fit. I was learning. It was my first time hiring people. And I didn't have money to apply for loans because in America, you have to have two years of proof of revenue before you can apply for business loans. And the grant process is very confusing that most organizations hire a grant writer, but I didn't have the money to do it. But the Lord assigned me this very big assignment in 2018. Very big. He told me that I was going to be the person to help everyone in the world with depression, to find happiness from within, to learn how to become empowered themselves. I didn't know how to do it, but 18 months later, I had received presidential security protections. I had created such a movement, and I can't say I, the Holy Spirit, did it through me. All I did was be obedient, and I took action. I studied social media. I studied copy, content, hashtags. People started helping me in my community through the direct messages. They started seeing my posts. I was paying for Instagram and Facebook ads. They started helping me. People started advising me for free because they saw that I cared and I was checking in on my community members. I was following what leaders were saying to do that had big followings that were spreading love, positivity, and had good messaging style that I appreciated. And I was working full time while I did that. I've been hustling my whole life, doing legitimate businesses, trying my best to be a decent human being and to spread the love of the Father. I'm obedient to him first. He comes first in my life. And I married my hero of 2020. I married him last year in March. And on Easter Sunday, they had threatened, the um, deep state had threatened my business partner to disassociate from me for a year prior to that. And then she called out of the blue and they traced, illegally traced the phone call to find our location. So he told me his buddies that look out for him said that I had, I had to go. That if I would have stayed with him, they would have killed us both. And if I left with the dog tags, then they would have killed me. No questions asked. So I had to leave my brand new, brand new husband's home. Because I answered a phone call from my nonprofit business partner. That's the evil in America. That is the deep state. But love covers, love covers over all, and it is the cure for all. Jesus said, love your enemies, love your friends, love your neighbor, love everybody. I'm learning to spread the love that he demonstrated on the earth. His name is known thousands of years after he died, the most horrific death possible when he was kind to everybody. The only people that he wasn't kind to were those that were cheating the poor, that were lying and deceiving and telling people that they could get salvation by paying more taxes. He flipped the tables. Boom! Flipped them upside down in the churches, in the synagogues. 
How dare you defame my father's house? It was a place of worship. It was not a place to barter and sell items. He came down to the earth. He was sent down to the earth because the father of all of us loves all of us. But he gives us free will to choose to love him back or to not. You either love the Father or you don't. There are no gray areas. And if you love the Father, then you never defame the church. You never sell in churches. There are many churches that have gone away from that. They call it a bookstore where you can easily get access to other people's books that write about what the Father talks about. And you can buy CDs that your pastor conveniently has created, or DVDs, or other digital devices as we get simpler and simpler with our cloud technology devices. The Father has had enough. The Father has had enough of the churches going so far away from him. If you want to start your own Christian bookstore and have it be its own physical entity, that I believe the Father would honor. But churches and synagogues, those belong to the Father above. My husband trained me very well. He's very connected to the Father. And we had deep conversations. I rolled with him for two months off-grid when I first met him. We had all kinds of conversations about everything. He wanted to marry me right away. He knew. He knew that I loved the Father. And he told me about tithing. He said tithing in the church should be between you and the Father. He had shared with me there was a church that he had visited one time. He visits all kinds of churches, synagogues, all kinds of things because he has respect for all belief systems and he desires to be a peacemaker that's what Jesus told us to do and he'd shared this one particular church somewhere they had these little cubby holes where you could put your money in for your tithe and it was completely anonymous no one kept credit no one um, counted whether or not it was your 10% or not it was on the honor system and he said things like that, churches like that need to be um, announced more. They need to be shared more so other people can learn from them. Now, the problem with not doing that is that, you know, there's a there's a benefit for you donating to a church, right? Because it's a nonprofit and, and your taxes every year. So if you focus on money and taxes, and if you're so freaking broke that you have to count all your deductions, yeah, I bring you the truth. That is why many churches started doing it. To offer an actual way for them to authenticate your deductions when you file your taxes to the government. The government shouldn't have anything to do with the church unless we are bringing Jesus Christ back up to the front of the line. And that is what I believe the Holy Spirit desires for America to get back connected to the Father to believe in Jesus Christ again to get down on their knees and humble themselves and apologize for getting so far away 
from him, myself included, myself included in my 20s. I was so far away from the Father. I never denounced him in his existence. But I was hurting. I was grieving over being raped from an army ranger. My boyfriend. I had asked him a week before. I wanted to wait until marriage. He told me, no problem. And then he raped me. And then the first responder told me not to report the crime because he would have lost his career in the military. I had so much shame around someone else's decision to hurt my body. And I had already learned in my childhood being a sexually abused child from three three to five was a lot of sexual abuse, chronic, all, all the time, very frequently. And then uh, I had some memories up to seven years old. So I had learned, and that was a family member, I had learned that I couldn't trust men at a very young age. And I had trusted this person, and I had been honest with him and communicated up front. And I, can, I even had communicated with a friend of mine that same day. I took her to coffee at Starbucks. I said, something bad's going to happen tonight. I sense it. If I'm in an emergency, can I call you? Can you pick me up if I need help? He invited me on a date. We had just started dating, and we were going to go sing karaoke. I had just turned 21 not too long before that. And we didn't have any alcohol in our house growing up, so I was never taught about how to drink, how much to drink, other than my college class. So I knew two drinks. Two drinks was the legal limit, because it was a drug and alcohol safety class for us at Pacific Lutheran University. And my friend, Nicole, met, met me. She met me at the Starbucks. She said, yeah, I'll be there. If you text or call me, I, I will have my phone ringer on. But enjoy yourself, Erin. You deserve to have fun. I was so stressed out. I was maxed that quarter or semester, excuse me. It was, uh, I took the max amount of credits I could get. And uh, I was working, I think I was working as a manager at the pool at the time. <clears throat> on campus, and I was taking this uh, philosophy class, oh my gosh, the most ridiculous reading ever, I liked, I learned a lot, but it was very high level, I spent eight hours on one assignment, just reading it, because I had to look up at all, every other word, I had to look up in the dictionary, because I didn't understand it, it wasn't at my reading level, it wasn't age appropriate, it was what it was, I was stressed, and I desired to date, to have a family. And I tried to be upfront on my part. I did my part right. He didn't. And the officer didn't stand up for me, the victim of a crime. So I, I had to stuff it. I went to, I went to a therapist on campus one time. I filled out the paperwork. One of them said, suicidal thoughts. I checked the box. I filled it out. I talked with her. I said, I'm not saying I have suicidal thoughts, but if I did have suicidal thoughts, because my friend advised me, don't tell them if you have suicidal thoughts, they can kick you out of college. I said, they can kick me out of college for my thoughts? She said, be careful what you say. I was like, all right. So I didn't tell the therapist. I said, well, let's say hypothetically I'm having these thoughts. What would happen? 
she said, well, it depends on what the thoughts were. But if you revealed something that was self-harm to you or to others, then we would have to report it to the authorities at the university, and we would have to do what's best for the university. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, we'd have to make sure we are protecting the majority of the student population. That, to me, I interpreted as cover your ass by bringing nothing but the truth. They didn't know how to help people at the college level that are having suicidal ideations. PTSD is caused from rape. Rape happens often on college campuses. We need to train all mental health counselors and psychologists. And if there are psychiatrists that are at universities getting salaries from taxpaying citizens, we pay for universities to run. I want you to know that. If they're a private university, they get sponsorships and donations. It's time for us to investigate how these universities are making their monies because they are responsible for their college students to not be kicked out of the university of being victims of crimes. That is the truth. Love cures all. When she said that, I never went back to her. I started getting plugged in at my church. I started my own Bible study. I went on a mission trip to Mexico to a a women and children's battered shelter down in Los Alislos, near Ensenada, like maybe an hour or so away from Ensenada. And I served and I saw really poor citizens working together in like a commune kind of situation. All these kids, they didn't get their own birthdays. They all celebrated by their season of their birthday of when they were born. So if they were born from, you know, say like June to August or whatever, they were a summer birthday. So then they got a celebration and they asked for churches that came to bring brand new presents for the kids to give them gifts. And we didn't know who to give gifts to. We just knew that there was kids there. So we gave based on what we had. I didn't have a lot of money because I was in college. So I fundraised. It was only $500. It was the best $500 investment ever. I encourage all universities. Make it an assignment. Encourage your college students to do a mission trip if they are a faith-based person, if they are struggling with PTSD. Encourage them to serve other people. It's not going to make the pain go away. It's not going to heal the PTSD. But I'll tell you, when I was focused on these little kids that wanted to just run up and hug me and give me all sorts of love, and they wanted to learn English, they're like, English, English. And I said, I said, Espanol. So they started beginning to teach me Spanish. They taught me, you point to something, you say, como se dice? That's how do you say? And then they'd say, in Spanish. And then they'd say, English, English. We were teaching each other. And I was watching the kids um, while our team was building a fence area for the infants to be able to have a fence and a little covering from the sun to protect their skin from getting sunburned for the very, very young infants because they were stuck indoors all day. And 
all of the bigger kids were running around and playing and getting into the tools and the nails and all kinds of scary things that all parents would be like, <gasps> so they asked me, they said, Hey, Aaron, you're really good with the kids. Can you keep all the older kids occupied over on the playset over there? I said, yeah. So then I, even though I didn't speak their language, they knew that I was the leader. Some of them spoke some English. So they would teach the other kids. They would say, Hey, uh, let's go play over here. And so I played with them on the swing sets and whatnot. And these two little girls, Michelle and Rebecca, they ran up to me and they jumped into my arms. Love cures all. I never once had any self-harm thoughts. Where weeks before that, I was looking up suicide education online because this lady had pushed me away from therapy at the school in my J term class literature class I had I was required to take it was a GUR general university requirement I think is what that stood for I was reading about a story of a woman that was being raped and I can't remember the name of the book I started experiencing PTSD. I was crying randomly. And I lived at my parents' house. And I didn't know why I was crying. My mom had sat in with me when I had the rape kit performed. At the Tacoma General Hospital. She saw the nurse scanning my vaginal area and my anal area with a camera, a scope, to gather evidence. I was so ashamed of what happened to my body, I didn't even identify it to myself that I had been raped. I didn't want to believe that it was real. And months later, I'm reading in literature that was required for my professor about another woman being raped and it's, it re-triggered me and I couldn't even finish the reading material because he didn't warn us that there was sexually graphic materials and this was at a Lutheran University why did I what was the purpose of me reading that what was the purpose of it I my mom encouraged me to email the professor and let him know to please give me a warning before any further reading assignments involving rape and I did and he met with me privately and he asked me he said have you experienced rape This was in January, I think, of 2007. Maybe 2000, no, 2008, 2008, yeah, because it was right before I graduated. And I graduated in December of that year. And I couldn't even say anything. I was in so much pain. But love cures all.
And when I went on that mission trip, I learned about these kids and their mothers that had been battered. Because in the Mexican culture, and I learned this from my hero, who became my husband last year, he is very well connected to people of all different cultures. In the Mexican culture, it is very common for husbands to commit domestic violence because alcoholism is very common and drug addictions. Not all, but many. He said it's extremely common. And I said, as a matter of fact, they had testimonials there at at our uh, shelter that we were working at. And we, we slept um, a little ways away from there. They had every, every evening during dinner time, they had a testimony of a man or a woman that had had their life changed. And one of them, he was the husband of one of the women and he had completely changed his life. He gave his life over to Christ. He gave up his drug addiction. He had apologized to his wife. They separated for a while so she could get some some healing and, and help and he could get the um, medical treatment that he needed to get. And he said, my wife and I have been married a long time and we're reunited now thanks to this program that is provided from churches like you guys, sending help to us. That completely shifted my mindset around my own pain. And I said, well, it doesn't mean that my pain doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I didn't experience trauma, but I can still help somebody else even when I'm dealing with my own trauma. And you hear that from Joyce Myers often. She, she speaks about serving others through your pain. Love. Love can cure anything. Love from the fathers. It's infinite when we choose to be kind to others. When we choose to forgive those that have wronged us. When we choose to turn the other cheek. I, I have experienced a lot, a lot of wrong in the last three years towards me on purpose. They used me as bait, the military of my nation, the top security teams. They all worked together in 2020. Half of them, though, they got bought out or threatened by the deep state. And I was trained very well from my hero of 2020. He told me, you can't trust Anybody, but you can trust the Father. Anybody can be bought out when you're in a competition where there's a lot of money at stake. A lot of money at stake for this ambassador position for mental health. But what people didn't realize as they were stealing from me over the last three years, thinking that they were getting away with it, hacking into my devices at any time, was that the Lord assigned me a global assignment, not just this country. He assigned me the position for the world as the global ambassador of mental health. And my hero knew it. He knew. I shared my heart with him. And he said, you need to guard your heart. You've been very open with me and I trust you. But you need to guard your heart from other people. You don't have to share your gifts, your spiritual gifts with everybody. Ask the Father if he desires for you to help people. You've helped enough people. You've helped so many people already. 
That is why people are willing to help you for free. But you need to be careful now, now that money is at stake. When money is involved, that's when people start using it to get favors, to start breaking laws, and to start trying to get into our country. I said, I understand. I trust you, and I trust the team. You do what you got to do. But I know this is my assignment from the Lord above all lords. He knew it. He believed me. And he wanted to marry me right away. I made him wait over a year. I launched Aaron Nicole Ministries because the Lord leads my life and he told me to do it. And it was for veterans and first responders to say thank you to them for keeping me alive in 2020. This evil woman, wolf in sheep's clothing, had paid the top security man of Biden's team to have me killed. And he tricked her. He took her money and he sent me to Trump's team because he couldn't handle it. It was above his pay grade. He had just been put in his position. He didn't have enough experience. So he went to a more experienced team. He sent me to him for protections. And I married that man from Trump's team. He denied who he worked for. He didn't ever tell me. He denied being a part of the Blackwater organization. He said, no, I don't have any labels. I belong to the Lord. I do as the Lord commands me to do. I said, I like that. Um, so he and I married last year. And then these evil deep state people, they, they, they divided my business with my business partner, who was active duty warrant officer, female, black female officer. They don't care about, but Obama doesn't care about black people. Not at all. And they proved that. Because their Democratic Party, they threatened my friend to disassociate from me. I had known her for seven years. She helped me with my divorce process. My first husband helped me get my go bag. She helped me re rehabilitate from homelessness after being in safe housing and then being connected to this man. And I helped rehabilitate her mom who was struggling and her son um, loved to spend time with me and color his pictures and things like that because I was loving and kind to everybody in the household. I was a peacekeeper and she was good. She helped me get my job at the post office because her husband worked at the other location and she was helping me to rehabilitate. But when I moved out, she yelled at the top of her lungs. When my friend came to visit, my friend Amanda came to visit, I had known Amanda since high school. We sang together. Her mom was a part of our final concert series. She was a guest. Her mom was a retired chief of the Navy. They threatened her mom to disassociate from me. They have threatened anyone in the military because they have so many communists that have taken over America. But good news. A big change is coming soon. Love cures all. The Father is love. God is love. He is all things. But when we choose to be obedient to Him, He opens it. He opens up the floodgates of heaven. He's giving me a, a verse. First Corinthians thirteen four. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, 
It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know, in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Keep reading, Father. Okay, chapter 14, Gifts of Prophecy and Tongues. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophesy or word of instruction, even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Yes, Father. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving, since he does not know what you are saying? You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others 
in 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. In the law it is written, through men of strange tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. The Father says, I am coming soon. Nobody will ever well, nobody will ever be able to deny the truth of my existence. October seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. We will see everyone. We'll see the prophecies that Aaron has said are true. I will make myself known in that private room with the top Illuminati members and the white hats. No one will be able to deny the existence of the Father. If anyone tries to harm anyone involved in this meeting. If anyone tries to block this meeting from taking place, if anyone tries to delay this meeting from taking place, they will be completely annihilated off the face of the earth. Thus saith the Lord. Yes, Father sending me to the Old Testament. Love cures all. Love cures all. I don't see it, Father. I'll look it up online. Okay. He wants me to look up a name. I thought it was a book of the Old Testament. But it's not in there. So maybe it's one of the old canons. We shall see. All right. Zedekiah. Click on this. Zedekiah was oh, Zedekiah was the twentieth and final king of Judah before the conquest of the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar the second of Babylon. His birth name was Mathaniah, Mathaniu, Hebrew, Greek. His reign was five ninety seven to five eighty six B.C. It says he was born 618 B.C. House of David. After the siege of Jerusalem in 597 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar II deposed King Jeconiah and installed his uncle, Matanyahu, 
instead changing his name to Zedekiah. Second Kings twenty four seventeen. You can reference that. The prophet Jeremiah was his counselor, yet he did not heed the prophet, and his epitaph is he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Second Kings twenty four nineteen and twenty. Jeremiah fifty two, two, verse two through three. William F. Albright dates the start of Zedekiah's reign to 598 B.C., while Edwin R. Theo gives the start at 597 B.C. On that reckoning, Zedekiah was born in circa 617 B.C. or 618 B.C., being 21 on becoming king. Zedekiah's reign ended with the siege and fall of Jerusalem to Nebuchadnezzar II, which has been dated back dated to 587 or 586. Background. The defeat of the Neo-Assyrian Empire in 612 BC at the Battle of Nineveh by the Neo-Babylonian Empire caused upheavals that led to the destruction of the Kingdom of Judah. Egypt, concerned about the new threat posed by the Babylonians, moved northward to support Assyria. It said on the march in 608 BC, moving through Judah, King Josiah attempted to block the Egyptian forces and fell mortally wounded in battle at Megiddo. Josiah's younger son, Jehoaz, was chosen to succeed his father on the throne. Three months later, the Egyptian pharaoh, Necho II, returning from the north, deposed Jehoaz in favor of his older brother, Jehoiakim. Jehoaz was taken back to Egypt as a captive. That sucks. After the Babylonians defeated the Egyptians at the cattle of Karshemesh, in 605 BC, Nebuchadnezzar II besieged Jerusalem. Jehoiakim changed allegiances to avoid the destruction of Jerusalem. He paid tribute from the treasury, some artifacts from the temple, and some of the royal family and nobility were taken as hostages. The subsequent failure of the Babylonian invasion into Egypt undermined Babylonian control of the area. And after three years, Jehoiakim switched allegiance back to the Egyptians and ceased paying the tribute to Babylon. Because of this, Nebuchadnezzar II invaded Judah again in 599 BC and again laid siege to Jerusalem. In 598 BC, Jehoiakim died during the siege and was succeeded by his son Jeconiah, also known as Jeconachin. I might be pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. Jerusalem fell within three months. Jeconiah was deposed by Nebuchadnezzar, who installed Zedekiah, Jeconiah's uncle, in his place. Life and reign. According to the Hebrew Bible, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he was made king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar II in 597 BC. This is in agreement with a Babylonian chronicle, which states, The seventh year in the month, Kislev, the king of Akkad, mustered his army and marched to Hattu. He encamped against the city of Judah, and on the second day of the month, Adar, he captured the city, seized its king, a king of his own choice he appointed in the city, and taking the vast tribute, he brought it into Babylon. The kingdom was at that time a tributary to Nebuchadnezzar II. Despite the strong remonstrances of Jeremiah, Baruch ben Neriah, and other family and advisors, and ignoring the example of his older brother, Jehoiakim, Zedekiah entered into an alliance with Pharaoh, Hophra of Egypt, and revolted against Babylon. 
Nebuchadnezzar responded by invading Judah. 2 Kings 25 verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar began a siege of Jerusalem in December 589 BC. During the siege, every worst woe befell the city, which drank the cup of God's fury to the dregs. 2 Kings 25 verse 3. Lamentations 4 verse 4 and looks like chapter 5. After laying siege to the city for about 30 months, Nebuchadnezzar finally succeeded in capturing Jerusalem in 586 BC. Zedekiah and his followers attempted to escape, making their way out of the city, but were captured on the plains of Jericho and taken to Riblah. There, Zedekiah saw his sons put to death. Then his eyes were put out, and he was loaded with chains and carried captive to Babylon. 2 Kings 25, 1-7, Jeremiah 32, 4 and 5, 34, 2 and 3, 39, 1 and 7, 1 through 7, 52, verse 4 through 11, Ezekiel 12, verse 13, where he remained a prisoner until he died. After the fall of Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar sent Nebuzaradan to destroy the city. It was plundered and razed to the ground, and Solomon's temple was destroyed. Only a small number of vine dressers and husbandmen were permitted to remain in the land. Upon the fall of Jerusalem, the former kingdom of Judah was absorbed into the Neo-Babylonian Empire and reorganized to become Yehud province. Nebuchadnezzar transferred the administrative center from Jerusalem to Mizpah and appointed Gadaliah ben Anakim as governor of the province under the watchful eye of a Babylonian guard. 2 Kings 25, 20 through 22 through 24, Jeremiah 46 through 8. On hearing the news, all the Jews that were in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and Aram Damascus returned to Judah. Jeremiah 40, verse 11 and 12. However, the subsequent assassination of Gadaliah led most of the population of Judah to flee to Egypt for safety. 2 Kings 25, verse 26, and Jeremiah 43. Verse 5 through 7. In Egypt, they settled in Migdol, Tafanes, Noph, and Pathros. Jeremiah 44 1. Chronological dispute. The Babylonian chronicles give two Adars, uh, 16 of March 597 BC, as the date that Nebuchadnezzar captured Jerusalem. At that time, Nebuchadnezzar deposed King Jeconiah and installed Zedekiah. Jeconiah's uncle in his place. Zedekiah's installation as king by Nebuchadnezzar can therefore be firmly dated to the early spring of 597 BC. Historically, there has been considerable controversy over the date when Jerusalem was captured the second time and Zedekiah's reign came to an end. There is no dispute about the month. It was the summer month of Tammuz, Jeremiah 52.6. The problem has been to determine the year. It was noted above the Albright preferred 587 B.C. and Theo advocated 586 B.C., and this division among scholars has persisted until the present time. If Zedekiah's years are by accession counting, whereby the year he came to the throne was considered his zero year and his first full year in office, 597-96, was counted as one, as year one, Zedekiah's eleventh year, the year the city fell, would be 587-586, since Judean uh, regnal years were measured from Tishrai in the fall. This would place the end of his reign and the capture of the city in the summer of 586 BC. Accession counting was the rule for most, but not all. 
of the kings of Judah, whereas non-accession counting was the rule for most, but not all, of the kings of Israel. The publication of the Babylonian Chronicles in 1956 yielded evidence that the years of Zedekiah were measured in a non-accession sense. According to this method, 598-597 BC, the year Zedekiah was installed by Nebuchadnezzar, according to Judah's Tishri-based calendar, is considered to be year one of Zedekiah's reign. Therefore, the fall of Jerusalem in the 11th year would have been in year 588-587 BC, i.e. in the summer of 587 BC. The Babylonian chronicles allow the fairly precise dating of the capture of Jeconiah and the start of Zedekiah's reign, and they also give the accession year of Nebuchadnezzar's successor, Amel Marduk, evil Merodach, as 562-561 BC which was the 37th year of Jeconiah's captivity, according to two, uh, 2 Kings 25, verse 27. These Babylonian records related to Jeconiah's reign are consistent with the fall of the city in 587, but not in 586, thus supporting Albright's date. Nevertheless, scholars who assume that Zedekiah's reign should be calculated by accession reckoning continue to adhere to the 586 date. And uh, looks like there's a little bit of information. Book of Mormon. According to the Book of Mormon, a religious text in the Latter-day Saint movement, Zedekiah had a son named Molech who escaped death and traveled across the ocean to the Americas where he founded the Molechite nation. The Molechites later merged with another Israelite splinter group, the Nephites, to form one nation which retained the Nephite name. Interesting. Geological note. Zedekiah, whose name at birth was Matanyahu, was the third of Josiah's four sons. His three brothers were Eliakim, born 634 BCE, Shalom, born 633 BCE, and Johanan. Hamatul, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna, was mother to Matanyahu and his brother. His younger brother, Shalom, while uh, Zebedah, the niece of Badiah, was mother to Eliakim. Shalom succeeded Josiah as king of Judah under the name Jehoaz. Shalom was succeeded by Eliakim under the name Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was succeeded by his own son, Jeconiah. Nebuchadnezzar II deposed Jeconiah and installed his uncle. Matanyahu on the throne under the name Zedekiah. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah before the kingdom was conquered by Babylon and the people exiled. Apparently there's some movies after the, uh, that include um, this king. Uh, it's called Jeremiah 1998, actor Vincent Reagan. In 2012, Amazing Love, the story of Hosea by... Herzl Toby, 2013, the Bible episode 5 of Survival, looks like maybe a TV show, uh, Samuel Callings was the actor on that. And then it says, see also Zedekiah's cave. Ooh, there's a cave. Ooh. I clicked on that. I'm on Wikipedia. Zedekiah's cave, also known as Solomon's quarries. Now, Solomon was the son of King David. So... 
And uh, it's said that Zedekiah was in the lineage of King David. So all the descendants of King David are to be honored. It's in the, it's in the scriptures. That's what God promised him. So Zedekiah's cave is known as Solomon's quarries. It's a five-acre, 20,000, I don't know what M squared is, uh, underground Maliki limestone quarry under the Muslim quarter of the old city of Jerusalem that runs the length of five city blocks. It was carved over a period of several thousand years and is a remnant of the largest quarry in Jerusalem. Interesting. So if you're over over there in Jerusalem, you should check it out. That's cool. Alright. So, um, I think the Lord wanted me to read that scripture to those of you listening to give you some history. Now, take it with a grain of salt. That I just read from Wikipedia. So, I believe anybody can edit on there, but they try their best to have accurate information and give you references. And uh, that was neat to read a little bit of the Mormon book. I've never been uh, introduced to too much of it. Um, my parents wanted us to not get confused. Um, but as I'm growing as as this uh, future chief spiritual officer here in a few days of America, um, it will be my duty, my job, to learn about other faith systems. My husband's and my job to create peace wherever we go. That is, that is what true love is from the Father. That's what Jesus came down to show everybody. Don't worry about land and ownership and titles and money. The Lord will provide for you. He will provide for your every single need. That's what I keep reminding myself. Uh, I was fully employed. Brand new job. I had been working maybe a month or so. And I was hit by another car on a mission trip on my day off on the weekend. In my own nation. It happens. Car accidents happen. Now this woman admitted full fault. I was fully insured. She was fully insured. Insurance companies didn't answer their phone all weekend. I was stuck in a rich town. And I reached out to seven churches. And none of them had supportive services for me. So I had to pay out of pocket for hotel fees on a credit card. When I was obedient. When the Lord told me to feed the homeless, and there was no homeless people there at all, they shuffled all the homeless to another area. But what was there was a town of grieving people. For there was a female police officer an hour away. Um, she had been killed a couple days before I got there. I had no idea. I don't watch the news. I don't. The team that looks out for me, they know it, so they send me social media accounts to follow because that's how I consume my information. I don't watch the news because I've known for a long time that it's not real. It's real, but it's very projected much fear in America, and fear is not of the Father. And the Father sent me to help bring healing to this community. I couldn't, I couldn't get housing. That was like... My credit cards had been maxed out illegally from Visa, MasterCard, charging and growing their interests. When I had requested my money to be transferred over, everything will be fixed. My husband, top trained assassin for Trump. I ain't worried about nothing. But I do have to tell you the context. 
they, my insurance lied to me over the phone. My insurance adjuster told me we won't even be able to communicate with them for a week. So why don't you pay us $500, our deductible, and then we'll get this handled for you. I said, I would give it to you if I had it, but I don't have it. I said, I'm supposed to have my credit card. I transferred my debt over. I said, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be stuck outside in the middle of the heat and I have asthma. I could have a heart attack and die. So then they started communicating and stepped up their behavior for me. And they got me the rental truck. And they were only going to give me half a tank at the Enterprise place because the economy is really tight right now. And I said, I'm so sorry, but I don't have any money. I won't be able to get to my address. I need you to fill the whole tank. So he did. And then I got to my address and I waited. And I waited and I waited and lots of confusion insurance companies on purpose delaying me medical treatment. I finally found a doctor's office to get x-rayed because that's what my day job told me I needed in order to be able to come back. But the doctor's office denied me medical treatment without money up front because I was poor or because I didn't have my insurance card in America. It's against the law. That's what the appointment person at the front desk did. Delayed me my appointment. So I rescheduled it once, and I said, okay, so uh, can I pay in cash? She said, we don't accept cash. I said, well, I've been targeted from this evil group that abduct the kids, so if I charge the car, they can see the bank statement instantly, and they might target this place. So we're running a risk. And she looked at me like, uh, okay, um... I said, well, we'll just see what happens. I trust the Lord has always protected me, so it's it's probably going to be fine. So she scheduled the appointment. Then I rescheduled it because I realized I did my money, I did my all of my bills, and, and I would have ran out of money for my housing and for food. <laughs> so I rescheduled it till after August 1st because that's when my insurance card was going to be uh, or my insurance was going to be approved. I had to wait 60 days to have insurance start for my full-time day job. And they, the insurance company was requiring me to use my private jobs, my insurance for my job because they denied me medical treatment. They weren't paying for it. They were committing insurance fraud. I hired a lawyer. Morgan & Morgan, the best, supposedly the best, for injury protections in America. And they started calling all these people. They started tightening up their behavior. And then a week later, they dropped me. No reason. I believe the CCP reached out to them. The deep state reached out to them and threatened them not to help me. That's... That's what's happening, the real story in America for citizens that are trying to grow businesses that are Christians, that love the Father, that refuse to join their deep state Illuminati cult. I will not be involved in the harming and abducting of children. And I've had to be bait for our military to see how bad it could get in America over the last three years. They've traced it all. They traced every single illegal activity, but I trust that the Father 
has always provided for my needs in the past and he will always provide for my needs in the future. There are many people that are starving in Israel right now. No gas, no electricity, no food. There is no mercy for them right now. All because people want to take over their land. And I just read you from our history. Nothing has changed in thousands of years. People will repeat patterns of the past if they don't have a direct connection to the Father. It's all about land ownership. It's all about raping women and children and killing them and and taking their land and taking their belongings as plunder. We are in World War III. Our borders were opened on purpose. I believe that with confidence. From the social media channels that I see that are big-time influencers, they have shown us evidence of people waiting just waiting to do the same thing here in America that they're doing in Israel. I fear nothing. I had the best training from the most fierce warrior that protects President Trump. And he's connected to all the top-trained assassins of the world. Many people will be slaughtered in America that are not legal citizens if they try to harm us women and children our military don't play around maui maui wasn't wildfires it was lasers from satellites from the white hats dragging attention on to the evil black hats that are trying to build up birthing centers to sacrifice drink the blood of children to stay looking younger and they charge a lot of money to do it they've paid a lot of these traitors that are in our government many of those people aren't going to be alive much longer I ain't afraid of no bullies make sure you volunteer get signed up to be a missionary pray ask the father what do you have in store for me how can I serve you father with whatever time you have available if you have a job and you don't have a lot of time because maybe you're taking care you're a single parent you're taking care of your kids ask your kids to get involved in a service activity do a a brainstorming activity at dinner talk at the dinner table and say we need to help others that are struggling right now what is something that you guys would like to get involved in to volunteer and help those that are hurting right now and see what your kids come up with. Put ideas on papers, put them in a jar, crumble up the papers, and pick one thing each week to do. Those are activities that I thought of when I was a nanny earlier this year. Fun experiences to take these girls on for being good citizens. Their mother didn't want to do any sort of discipline at all. She wanted me to run it, organize it. But then when I started organizing it and getting it started, then she started correcting everything I was doing. She was not a good parent and sabotaging her own children's positive future. But it is what it is. She got me falsely arrested after cheating on her husband. She's not of sound mind. She cheated on her husband. She got him kicked out of the military and prostituted another man in the military. 
it is what it is. The Lord fights my battles for me. I will be a good mother to my own children in the future if the Father desires for me to have children. And I do believe, I do believe he does because he whispered my child's name to me and I got to hear my child's voice. I have the gift of prophecy. And it said in 1 Corinthians, gifts of prophecies are greater than gifts of tongues, speak, speaking in different tongues. They're both good, but prophecy is better. And he gifted it to me because I've chosen love my whole life. Sure, I get in a bad mood sometimes. He doesn't really give me any gifts on those days when I'm in a bad mood. I have to release that to him and ask him to replace any anger, any bitterness with his love. He, he sacrificed his own son for all of us that lived a perfect life. He died the most horrific death, humiliating death. And then he rose again, conquering the grave. He became the final sacrifice for all of us to demonstrate that the Father is limitless with his powers and what he is able to do. Yes, Father. He wants me to close it up now. So if you don't have a personal relationship with the Father, um, this is free. You can connect with him directly. Uh, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for your gift of salvation. I can't earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I, I make mistakes. I'm a sinner. But I don't desire to continue in that lifestyle, Father. Please come into my heart and correct all the wrongs. Show me ways to demonstrate your love to others. Thank you. I receive this gift of salvation. I pray in your heavenly name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, <clears throat> we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged in to a Bible-based church. You want to keep God first place. And if you have a Bible... Write down today's date in it. If you don't have a Bible, you can get a free Bible at any church. And you can also buy one, a very fancy one, if you'd like a fancy one, at a, a Bible bookstore or on Amazon or other websites. I'm sure you can buy Bibles from anybody. Someone actually reached out to me uh, through, I think, they probably saw one of my posts on LinkedIn, and they went to my website and they emailed me about getting Bibles printed and ordering Bibles from them to get sent all over the world. So I know that that's also a money-making business. Um, I'm believing that if the Lord tells me to order Bibles, that he'll provide the finances. But right now, I've got, today's October 10th as I record this, I've got till the end of this month to find a new place to live with zero income coming in. Nobody will hire me because I'm telling these jobs the truth that I was targeted and that my husband protects President Trump. People are so afraid to hire me. They think that there might be harm come to their to their job, to their work. And these are military people. 
that are leaders in businesses that have chose not to hire me or women that have seen the sound of freedom moving that are awake so I'm having to learn to not I have to lie in these interviews I can't tell the truth of what's happened to me in order to get a job yeah but the Lord told me to not worry about it that he will provide me for all of my needs and I trust him I trust him. He's provided for my needs in the past. He'll do it for me in the future. October 17th is the big post you will see on all major social media accounts for all presidents. All first ladies, Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, Sage Robbins, my pastors Joel Victoria Osteen, Beyonce, Jay-Z. All Move Happy accounts. All my personal accounts. Online. You will see a very big post with our photo in it. If the U.S. Marine veteran that was a part of the original Move Happy program wants to be in the photo, he will. If my husband wants to be in the photo, he will. And if my mother and my brother, they will be in the room. If they want to be in the photo, they will. Announcing my husband and I as the global ambassadors for mental health and first ever chief spiritual officers of America. No one will ever disrespect my story again. No one will ever try to harm me in America, on American soil ever again. They tried to kill my husband and me last year because of this contest. That is the evil black hats that have paid out a lot of people and had access to too many technological devices. So the Lord is very angry at those people. The internet will be shut down in November. So start making friends with veterans and first responders. Start volunteering in your church. Get plugged in. War is coming very soon. Very soon. Anything else, Father? Love cures all. All right. He's sending me to verse in the Old Testament. All right, Father. Why am I not seeing it? I need my glasses. Oh, there it is. Okay. You don't have to have all the books memorized in order for him to be able to use you. Nehemiah 4.3 Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? If even a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, O oh, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashad heard that the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers 
is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our army said before, they know it or see us. We will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember, the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, Have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and workmen by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes each had his weapon, even when he went for water. The Lord is coming back very soon. Trust, trust in him. Get down on your knees and pray and ask him to reveal the truth to you. Spend time with him. If you're a newborn Christian believer now, spend time with him and ask him how you can serve him and he will reveal it to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And stay tuned. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.